When uh, we celebrate the children getting their second grade Bibles today, uh, you may not know that we actually give those out in every service that we have, which is seven services where kids attend. And so we, I don't know how many we'll give out before the weekend's over. We started last night, 8.15, we had some kids there, and then of course here at 9.30, and that will continue. I'll show you what's in the bag here in a minute. Uh, Today, we're looking at uh, the story of, of the gospel according to Disney. You may be asking, why Disney? Where does that come from in the church? And if you arrive through these doors, you saw actually some images of some Disney characters we have up there, and so be aware of that. But Walt Disney has told stories, really the Disney Corporation, I guess, told stories from the very beginning that are really pretty cool stories. Uh, many of us can go back to Cinderella and Snow White and those kind of stories and now more recent ones. The Lion King we're going to talk about today, Frozen, that'll be the last of this series. Many others as well that are, that are ongoing stories that we hear. And almost all of them have something very, a common core. And that core is hope. Hope that things can change Lives can be saved, situations can be turned around and redeemed, that when things look the darkest, then the dawn's about to shine. And they all pretty much all have that same story all the way through, and, and good always wins. I really like that about good always wins. Evil never wins in a Disney movie, pretty much, especially the ones aimed at kids, so we celebrate that, I certainly do. And so it's very easy to make that connection today with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, when Jesus told his stories of faith and love and truth about God, He uses the images of his day, and they were sheep and goats and fields and the sky, what was around him. Around us, we have these kind of images. We simply bring that to the table as well. We think we're really following the way that the the gospel is intended to be communicated to the world we live in, and doing so today with the, the first in the series, which is the Lion King. Now, I do want to tell you this as well. It's kind of a confession, I guess, in a small way that we decided to do this series a long time ago, Pastor David and I did, and prepared it, put it on the calendar. And we'd hoped to be able to show some images to you, either from some of the movies uh, or some still pictures, and we really can't. Uh, There are some legal restrictions related to that. Being online especially creates that for us as well. So we can't show any of those to you. And so we're not. So I do the best that I can. And so this morning I went around my house and I found some images that parlay into the Lion King and that's my next best choice, so I'm going to do that for you today. Some of the characters that are in the story uh, are pretty, uh, some pretty neat characters. Uh, one of those, and you know, we can't show the picture of hyenas uh, from the movie, so I brought the closest I've got. So this represents hyenas for us today. There, there are three hyenas, hyenas in, the, in the Lion King story. Uh, they are Shinzai, Banzai, and Ed. I don't know where Ed came from. Uh, but those are the hyenas in the, in the story. Now, if you've not seen the movie, you're thinking, okay, where are we going to go with this? If you have, you're making the connection. Help you a little bit, maybe tie in memory to what we're talking about today. Now, there is a, a meerkat in the movie. Uh, the meerkat, uh, Timon, uh, Tim, Timon is his name. And this is the closest I could find to a meerkat. He's evidently super A meerkat. Uh, we have kids in our home a lot, so we have lots of things to select today to try to make the, the connection with the Lion King. Another character there. Now, one of the major characters in the movie is uh, a uh, baboon, and uh, here is the baboon, very small baboon, and uh, the baboon is Rafiki, I think is how you pronounce that guy's name. He's a mentor to the major character, which you already saw that if you were looking closely, and that's Simba the lion, and so there he is. This was, this, these are all around my, strewn around my house. 
by the way, from our grandkids. So here's Simba. It could also be Mufasa as well, which is the father of Simba. Now, again, you've seen the movie. You know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you're going to know as I kind of give you the background for the story. And this is the key point of the Lion King movie. And I'll read scripture in a little bit. The key point is that there were two inspirations the writers used to create the whole Lion King scenario. And that was the story of Moses and the story of Joseph. Because those stories have everything in it that I just described Disney movies have. And so they just simply grabbed hold of those and put them in a jungle with lions and cartoons. And there we go. And there we have the story. You also might not know that the Lion King movie had just a few dollars short of a billion dollars in sales worldwide. That's pretty striking, I think. About a lion cub named Simba. Simba who has a father named Mufasa. And his father is the king of not only his pride, but that whole area of the jungle, all the animals, and he's responsible for the care and, and maintenance and protection, all that he's supposed to do there in, the, in, that, uh, in that area of the jungle in, in Africa. And his son, uh, little Simba, comes along, who's one day supposed to take his place and do the same thing, but it doesn't go very well, because Simba has some things happen in his life, and part of that is his father dies. Uh, He is told by a very wicked other lion and some very evil laughing hyenas that he's responsible for the murder for his father's death. He's not, but he's told that he is. And so he leaves his area where the pride leads leads and rules and cares for everybody around them and goes a long way away to grow up away from his responsibility there. And there he runs into Pumbaa, which is a, uh, a, a real fat little warthog pig. And I, I could not find a pig in my house, or I would have brought that to you. I thought about bringing some bacon, thought that wasn't appropriate uh, today. So I, I can't show you Pumbaa. Uh, but there he experiences a new kind of life. And it's around this theme of no worries. I don't care anymore. I don't have to worry about anything. We're just going to have a fun, wonderful life. And so that's where he lives. And if you're, if you're following through that, that's the story of Moses. It's just the same thing. He, he leaves his responsibility. He has bad things happen. And there's a death that takes place. And Moses runs away. He finds himself out living in the land of Midian. And there he herds goats for a living until he runs into a burning bush. Uh, now, uh, Simba doesn't run into a burning bush. Instead, he finds himself encountering uh, his previous mentor, which is the baboon guy, Rafiki. And the baboon takes him and shows him some water. He wants to see his father. He looks in the water, and there he sees himself. He sees his father. And in that particular uh, encounter, this is what happens. His father, Simba says, his father, Mufasa says, Simba, you have forgotten me. Uh, the young lion Simba says, no, how could I? And then his father says to him, you have forgotten who you are, and so you have forgotten me. You are more than what you have become. Now, I had to think about that for a while. And again, I'm going to read some Colossians verses for you a little bit. But I, I had to think about that for a while. Exactly what does that mean and how does that apply to uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, my own life? And, and it dawned on me really in, in, in thinking about it personally and inter- internalizing it myself. That, that, you know, when I forget who I am, then I have forgotten my God, my Father. 
when, when I forget who I am as, as, as a child of God, as one who has been saved by God, loved by God, called by God, if I forget who I am as Simba had forgotten who he was, when I forget my responsibilities or my calling or my life I'm called to live or who I am as a Christian man, a godly man, then, then I have forgotten who my father is. I have forgotten one. I can't know one without knowing the other. I can't connect with my God without connecting with who I am as a son or child of God. Help me understand this. In Colossians 1.27, it says these words when we're talking about who Jesus is and who we are in relationship to Jesus Christ and God. To whom God called to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now look at the words, glory, Christ in you, the mystery, the riches of God made known in you and through you in this journey. When you make that connection here in the brightness of this truth, we begin to understand, okay, I've got to know myself and knowing myself, I know God. I can't know one without the other because we're intertwined together in that relationship as as a child of God. I'm not sure why the flashing light's back there, but it seems uh, disconcerting. Is it bothering anybody else besides me? Can we stop the flashing lights? Uh, We are not in the Disney movie. We're talking about the Disney movie. Did we stop them? Is that better for everybody? Okay, good, good. It's better for me anyway. I thought at first, okay, I'm having a stroke. No, no, that's not it. (laughs) No, so we'll try to make that work. Still doing it some. Well, y'all just turn them off or something. Not these ones. Thank you. I'm, I'm talking to whoever does the lights. We have different groups. that We have folks back there in a place. We have folks over here in a place. And we have switches everywhere. So for those who are online, I apologize. You probably don't see those flashing lights, but we do here. Uh, I do. And I know that we can't hear when the lights are flashing. Is it, is it still happening? Okay, somebody said yes. Thank you for encouraging me with that because I'm beginning to wonder. Just turn them off. (laughs) Swing low, sweet chariot, coming for to carry me home. Maybe before the service is over, that'll happen and make it easier. No? Okay, we're better now. Good, good. (laughs) You know, do we have a switch? I know we have switches. I know with a switch, I could turn the lights off, they're right back there, just, and then they go off. So, is there anybody back there with a switch? Oh, here comes Matthew. This is Matt Reed, who hides, who's our technology genius. So, all the lights are going to go on. Okay, we're turning them all on then. Okay, okay. So, that's actually Sharon Reed's son, for those who know our uh, uh, discipleship pastor. And Matt's been uh, working with our technology here since he was in high school. And now he kind of leads the inner workings of the secret technology in our church. So, uh, don't ask him any questions. He'll give you an answer and it'll go on 30 minutes. So, you don't have no time for that. But, okay, we'll be with all the lights and that will stop. Uh, can you see me now? Can you see me now? Good, good. What can happen in church? Well, anything that can happen anywhere can happen in church. Well, back to those verses and that making that application, uh, that in our life we must know ourselves, and these verses connect us with God in a very personal way. We have glory, 
Christ in you, the riches of God's glory, God's will made known to you, that mystery within you, who I am and who God is, and connection together is where we go next. So we have to hear that. Now a second thought I want to add to that as well. In this journey that Simba lived through, it wasn't very easy at all. It begins, of course, being very carefree. He's a very small little uh, cub lion having a good time there as, as, as a child might. But he has experiences. Well, those experiences are a great tragedy. There's a stampede. Uh, his father is killed in the stampede trying to protect his people, trying to protect him. Uh, he, he doesn't understand all of that. He thinks that maybe he's responsible for that, and so he runs and he hides. And then he has to learn how to live out in a new place with new friends and a new lifestyle. And that's a new wor- no worry style. And, and here he gets a call that you've got to go back. You've got to go back where you had the disasters happen. You have to go back where the tragedy took place. You have to go back where you felt rejected and, and, and hurt and damaged. You have to go back and take responsibility for what you've done and who you're going to be and your people and your land and your nation and all that. All this kind of, same thing Moses was told, by the way, one of the reasons he didn't want to go back to Egypt after having abandoned his calling there. Very similar story. Uh, here is the point I want to add to that. Sometimes we think success in life is ending our struggles, when in actuality, real success often increases those struggles. I have learned this. Have you learned it? If not, you're learning it now. The more serious you are about your call in Christ, your responsibility as a Christian, your commitment to the God who loves you and me, your own biblical, I'm going to follow Jesus' faith, the more struggles you're going to have. It's not easier, it's more difficult. The demands of being a disciple of Jesus Christ are great. Struggles that go with it are great. The sacrifices that we are asked to make are great. And God is with us in this glory and mystery and riches and all that journey. So if I think that when I really commit to Christ, my struggles are over, then I missed almost the entire Bible story. Ask Moses when he was told to go back. Ask Joseph while he was in prison what it's like to be one, to step up and say, God, I'm your man, I'm your woman, I will serve you. See what that really means. Well, here's some things that I think ride from that as we go back to that mirror image of where he looks into the water and sees his father, Mufasa. In that, he sees himself, has that really, I think, cool conversation, and here's what happens. We are God's creation designed for a purpose. Now, you may hear that and say, well, who doesn't know that? That's a core Christian teaching. That's in the Bible. We know that. But I want you to think about it a little bit, if you would. Think about yourself as, I am God's created being, that God formed and shaped me. I can't know myself apart from the God who created me. I can't understand myself, my life, my calling, anything apart from that truth that God formed and shaped who I am and what I am and what I'm about. The more I connect there, the more I can see, maybe I do have a purpose. Maybe there's an expectation and and responsibility that I must live out. Maybe there's more to my life. I've yet experienced if I understand that and accept that. But it starts with that truth and leads to this. In the world we live in, it's very difficult to really experience God's will and purpose for us because we have so many things we have to battle. In the story of, of, of Simba and the Lion King, it was a simple conversation. There was an Uncle Scar who didn't like him very much and wanted to be king instead. 
though he wasn't rightfully, so shouldn't should not have been king, and a couple of laughing hyenas, or three of them. And they simply lie to him. And they tell him, basically, that you're responsible for your father's death, and you're a loser. You should run and go as far as you can away from here and the life you should be living. And he, he believes that. And because he believes that new thinking or the new thoughts about who he is, they said, you're not, you have no right to be the son of your father that you are. You have no right to do what you're doing. You have no right to be this, this, this uh, upcoming lion king. You have no right to that. You should run. He does. He believes them and he runs and he hides where he intends to living out the rest of his life, just like Moses did. That's what he does. Until the baboon character, Rafiki, has a conversation. He looks in the water, sees himself. There he sees his father. There it all changes, and he realizes it's my responsibility. I must go back. And he quits listening to their lies and realizes that it's his job to go back to where he came from and really save his people, which is what he's going to do because things have not gone well while he was gone. Uh, we can believe the lies of our culture, or as Stephanie pointed out so well, the constant of biblical faith. The constant of what the Bible says, the story of Christ says, the truth of, of Genesis and creation says, the, the truth of Christ saving us says, the truth of the life defined and, and, the, and the epistles speak to us. And we can do one or the other, it's up to us, but one is going to be a struggle. It's harder to go against the culture, it's easier to simply ride the wave of the culture. It's hard to be against the way the world lives and live the way God teaches us to live. It's a struggle, but it's a worthwhile struggle as we experience God and know who we really are. And that leads to this next thought. We begin fighting for our identity when we discover our creator. The closer we are to God, the more we are able to really grab hold of my real identity as a man or woman of God and how I really grapple with that, become that, struggle to be that. Uh, the meerkats, uh, the meerkat, a great story, great character there, Timon. But uh, the meerkat simply said, hey, it's all about don't worry, have fun. It's no worries was a song that's sung there. And I won't sing that for you and you'll thank me for that. Uh, but that's, that, that no worries is how we're supposed to live. That's the kind of life we should be striving for. That's the kind of life we should have and live. And aren't we listening to the, isn't that what our culture says? Be happy. Just be happy and feel good and enjoy your life. You know, find yourself. They don't mean the same thing as discover your real identity, which means two very different things. You've forgotten who you are, he was told, and that means you have forgotten me. And that discovery changed everything. He realized who he was, and he had no choice but to get up and go back to where everything had fallen apart begin rebuilding what had been destroyed by his absence and his failure to take responsibility as a king he was called to be. And who are we called to be? Well, I want to share another verse in Colossians 1.29. And I hope this shines a light on you about how we make this connection today. For this purpose also, I labor, striving according to this power which mightily works within me. We have no two pieces in of that Colossians text. We have the glory, the mystery, the riches of Christ in us, Christ in our hearts and our lives. Now we have our purpose lived out to do God's will according to the power that God's given us, which works within us to fulfill that purpose of life that he has for you and me. 
a very clear focus of what it is to be a Christian and a follower of Jesus Christ. I think one of the ways we experience that ourselves is looking in the mirror also. You already heard the, the, the story of the water that, uh, that Simba looked into and saw himself and that he saw his father and I've already told that. But look in a mirror and what do you see? What do you see? What do you and I see today? Do we see someone of value or very little value? Someone with purpose or no purpose? Someone who's a follower of Christ or someone who's not yet made that decision? What do we see when we look in the mirror? You know, I know what God sees when he sees you and me. He sees someone, people of great, great value. Because he's the one that places value, defines what value is. We don't decide that. You know, in 815 service and 11, we're going to baptize babies and baptize a baby at 815. And, and when you hold a baby, you see now, hey, this is the highest value there is, this child, the, the beauty of this child. And the one at 815, a little brown eyes and hair beginning to grow a little bit, you know, and just so happy. And you see the value of that we place upon babies and children in our culture and how special that is. Uh, God places value on us. And the value places is what he's willing to pay for us. That's how value is defined. It's not an emotional thing. It's a conscious decision of value placed. God places value on us uh, according to his own son, Jesus Christ's death on the cross. That crucifixion of God's son on the cross is for us. God saying, here's how I value you. I value this much, this greatly, this, this marvelous way of offering my value to you. And we, we make that connection. We see ourselves differently of who we are and who we're called to be. There's a song you've heard before, and I think I've, I've shared it with you before. It's a very simple one. You know, it's about inviting Jesus Christ into our hearts. You know, and, and one of the things I like about the Disney stories is they're all so simple. They're about hope, they're about love, they're about redemption, and, and that's it, you know. And, and really, that's the Christian life. That's it, too. It's hope and love and redemption. It's the story of our life, and, and, and it's making room in our hearts for what we really care about. And we do that. You know, we make room in our hearts what really matters to us, and, and that's our choice. That's our option to say, I will make room for Christ for Jesus in my heart, and all that brings to me mystery and, and glory and purpose. The words Colossians share with us. Song, into my heart, into my heart, into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today, come in to stay, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Is it that simple? Well, I, it really is, and I say that often. It is that simple. But it's our, our, our choice to make room for Christ. In my, I have a lot of room in my heart for all kinds of things. You know, I really have, I love my children, my grown children, and I love room in my life for them, and we make room for them, whatever it takes. We make room for them. You know, our nine grandkids, uh, I, I make room for them. I went to a five-year-old's birthday party uh, Saturday. It was designed around Legos. You know, because I got room in my heart for that five-year-old little boy. You know, and I have my, we, we make room in our heart, but we, do we have room for Christ in our heart? Is he someone we believe in or make room for? It's a choice you and I make. Somewhere in this story, Simba finally made the decision, I'm, I'm going to make room for who I really am, who we are as Christians. Into my heart. Into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today, come in to stay. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. It's personal. It's really personal. 
Disney movies are all personal. It's why we like them, why we know a lot of the songs, why we remember what we saw. I can tell you the, in detail the story of Sin, uh, Sleeping Beauty I saw when I was a little kid. You know, we know those stories because they're our stories. And Christ is the center of the stories of those who believe in Jesus Christ. But once we accept that, then our life changes. And we move to what's, what we are now responsible for. And that's a life of purpose. So Simba had to go back. He had no choice. He said, I had, he said don't go back. Go back. It's going to be bad. And I'm going to go. And he left his friend's advice. And he went back. You know, Jesus used me. Jesus used me. Please, Lord, don't refuse me. For surely there's a work that I can do. And even though it's humble, Lord, help my will to crumble. And though the cost be great, I'll work for you. Again, not a complicated message. It's the core of those who really understand who they really are. As God's created people. God's saved people. God's people have chosen to follow him. Those who say God's will be done in my life and for my life. And that's the first of the Disney series, The Gospel According to Disney. You pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, today we thank you for the words you've given us, this word of, of Disney, this word of, of lions and hyenas, and even more, this word of Jesus Christ. We hear you, God, and we lose sight of who we are sometimes. We think about you, God. We even believe in you, God, but we somehow lose sight of who we are in relationship with you. You're our Father. We're your children. Help us live as such. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen.